Hello, this is Apostle Reginald Baldwin, and we're welcoming you to our brand new podcast called Man Talk for Men. Man Talk for Men is a division of Antioch International Ministries men's ministry called Men of War, and Apostle Baldwin will be teaching on different subjects that men face on an everyday basis. We will be discussing all kinds of issues and using biblical principles to show you how you can change your life and exercise authority and power in the things that are concerning your life. So get ready for Apostle Reginald Baldwin as we enter into Man Talk for Men. Well, praise the Lord. This is Apostle Reginald Baldwin, and we're welcoming you to our another Bible class this Wednesday night, and we're looking forward to getting back into the Word as we continue and probably finish this series on the fear factor. We've been dealing with this subject, and God has been giving us revelation and truth and understanding concerning this, and so we want to get back into this. We talked about last time how Jesus freed all of us from Satan's authority and power of the fear of death. And today we want to share with you what God has done for you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're going to get right into the word because I want you to see what God has for you to know today. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to see what the scripture says. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, this is very powerful, and I want you to understand what God is saying here. Uh, When he's speaking, he's talking to Timothy, uh, Paul is, and he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, he says here, when he's talking to Paul, Paul is talking to uh, Timothy, and Paul says something that is very interesting. He says, I want to put you into remembrance that you stir up the gift of God that was given unto you by the laying on of my hands. Paul thought it very important before he even deals with the next verse for Timothy to walk in the gifts that God had placed in him. And this is something that you need to understand. If you're going to walk in victory against Satan and against his power and against the things that he brings against you, you're going to have to walk in everything that God has deposited in you. And if he's given you gifts, which he has, because we've all been given gifts, some type of gift God has given us, each and every one of us, and you are to stir up your gifts. You are to make sure that you magnify your gifts, that you begin to allow those gifts to operate in you because the gifts that he gives you are going to be able to help you to overcome the attacks that the devil would bring to you, to your spirit, to your soul, to your mind and to your body. And so you need to understand you need to walk in your gifts and allow your gifts to come forth out of you. And every one of you have gifts. So don't say that I don't have a gift. If you don't know what your gift is, then I think you need to go on a fast and pray in the spirit and ask the spirit of the Lord to show you what gifts he has placed in you so that you can walk in the power of God. And this is going to be an assist to you to help you to overcome Satan and everything that he's trying to bring in your life. 
Now let's get back into this word here and see what he says. He says, so I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands because or for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Paul talks here and he says something that is so powerful and it is so strong that you need to understand. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You need to understand when you are walking in fear and when you're walking in amazement and terror and in fright and nervousness and stress, this did not come from God. You need to understand that. Because he had to specifically say to Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear. And I want you to understand today and what we're dealing with uh, in these times concerning this outbreak of this uh, virus. You need to understand that God is not giving you, if you are a Christian, the spirit of fear. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So as a Christian, you ought to be walking in the authority of the power of a sound mind. And we're going to break all of that down uh, as we get later on into this message. But right now, I want you to understand that when you start operating in fear and you, you're having nightmares and, and you wake up and your heart's beating fast and, you, and you're scared about what's going to happen today. And, and if you're going to get a virus or if you're going to get sick or and all, all of that and you're worried and it's, and it's stressing you out, that's not coming from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So he does not want you to be terrified and he doesn't want you to be so mesmerized by what's going on. And I'm not denying or discounting what is going on, but you have an option. You have an option to act like everybody else is acting, or you have an option to act like God has called you to act as a Christian. Now, what are you going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. I am not giving into the spirit of fear. I used to walk in fear before I really got follow, got to follow in Christ like I am now. And I'm telling you, it's a whole lot better when you're not fearful than it is when you are fearful because you've got power and you've got authority by the power of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, since you don't have the spirit of fear, he's given you a spirit of power, a spirit of power. I want you to see that now. God has given you a spirit of power. You and I have power and our power. Watch this is a spirit. He didn't give you the spirit of fear but he gave you the spirit of power. So that word power, it, it, is, uh, it is a spirit, which means the power is alive. It's a person. It's an individual. It's a being. The power of God has been given to you instead of a spirit of fear. You've been given a spirit of power. Let's see what that word means. The word power is the word dunamis. And it means to be able. It's power, especially achieving power. Now, all of the words that, that have that stem, duna, 
It has the meaning of being able or capable. It even means to will. So that means that you can actually exercise your will in using this power. This word teaches about the miraculous power, the mighty power of signs and wonders, the power of working miracles. This is the power that he's talking about. Now, what we need to understand is God has given you the spirit of power. Somebody say power, power, and that power is the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he told them in the book of Acts chapter one, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus told his disciples that they were going to receive power. Now the power did not come until the Holy Ghost released that power on them and he had to come up on them. So the power is a spiritual power. Now, I want you to understand it is not a physical power. It is a spiritual power, which is greater than a physical power. The spiritual power is the Holy Ghost who comes on the inside of you and he lives in you and he moves in you and he releases the power of God. Remember the word power, dunamis. It means the capability or the ability to act like God. It means the power or the ability to produce signs and wonders and miracles. It is the ability all through the Holy Spirit. Now notice you don't have the power in your own flesh, in your own body. You only have this power because you're yielding to the Holy Spirit who has come to live inside of you after you have been filled with the Spirit. And when you have power, now you have the power of God to manifest itself and to destroy everything that Satan brings in your life. You need to understand something, that if you're going to walk in success, in the life that God has called you to walk in, you're going to have to do it in the spirit realm. You cannot fight what we're trying to fight out here every day in the natural realm because naturally or physically you don't have the strength or the ability because the source behind everything that you are dealing with is a spirit. It is not physical. Everything you need to understand. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking his word. His word is a spirit. Everything is first spiritual. Then it is physical. So the spirit brings or makes the physical. So the physical is less than the spirit because the spiritual created the physical. Now you need to understand that. Everything that is physical was created by the spirit of God. So everything was first spiritual before it was made manifest into the physical realm. With that in mind, you need to understand that you cannot deal with physical things in your physical body because you don't have the ability or the strength to do that. You have to go to the source and the source of everything is a spirit. This is the source of evil. You remember when God told Adam and Eve, that the day that you eat of that fruit, that you were going to surely die. 
And the day that they ate of that fruit, they actually operated into spiritual death and they became spiritually separated from God. Now, once they were spiritually separated from God, the spiritual status of them then created a physical status. What do I mean? What do I mean is this. They were spiritually connected to God. God was inside of them. And so the power of God was moving through their bodies and they were operating in the life of God. And it was so powerful that it was actually affecting their bodies because the spirit of God exercising his power was giving their bodies immortality. Their bodies were immortal. They were free from sickness. It was free from disease. They were free from worry and fear and all of that. None of that could hop could happen in them. Now, when they sinned, the Bible says in, uh, in Isaiah, it says your iniquities have separated you from your God. In other words, when you sin and when Adam and Eve sinned, they became separated from God, which we taught you about that last time is spiritual death. Now, that means that you have separated yourself from the spiritual power of God. And when they did that, then the power of God left out of them and their bodies lost the ability to be immortal because the power of immortality was from the spirit. Therefore, their bodies reverted to physical and that's all mortality. Then they became subject to sickness. They became subject to disease. They became subject to death. Fear, anger, bitterness, shame, all of these things came on to them. Murder, everything that sin is came into them and it began to operate in them physically. But the reason why was because there was a spirit of rebellion, a spirit of evil that was behind the physical acts that was taking place in their bodies. Remember the devil who had the power of death? Satan is a spirit. And he was the spiritual force that was behind the power of death to operate in the physical bodies, in the minds, in the hearts, in the lives of every human being and to bring forth and manifest death in them, physical, spiritual, and trying to get them to die spiritually so that they could die physically and then go to hell. This is what the devil was doing because he is a spirit being. He operates in the spirit realm, but when he does that, then he is able to manipulate things in the physical realm. This is why you need to understand. God said he did not give you a spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of power. Why? Because when you operate in the power of God, now you're operating in God's power, who is greater than Satan's power. And when Satan uses his power to manipulate things in the physical realm, then you operating in the power of God, because the power of God is greater than Satan's power. Now you're able to undo and to reverse everything. Everything that Satan is doing in the spirit realm to operate in the natural, you can now change what is going on in the natural because you can use your power, which is more than the devil's power in the spirit realm and change the natural realm back into what God wants you to be. You need to understand that. This is why he said he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind power. I keep, I want to keep focusing on that power. He's given you the spirit of power. 
Now the spirit of power is able to produce signs and wonders and miracles. The spirit of power gives you the ability and the strength to do whatever it is God will allow you to do. Now, you know, God has given you the ability and the power in the word of God. He says in in Luke chapter 10, I keep quoting this all the time. Behold, I give you power authority over all of the power, the ability of the enemy. And he gives you power authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority over whatever Satan can do. The Bible said that for this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus has the power to undo and to destroy and not annihilate everything that the devil can produce. And now Jesus has turned around and given you and I that same power so that when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you received power when the Holy Ghost came upon you. And the first thing that the power of God did If you look at Acts chapter two and verse four, the first thing that happened to them, Jesus promised them in Acts one eight that they were going to receive power after the Holy Ghost came upon them. Then we see the fulfillment of that in Acts chapter two, four. Now, what is the first thing that happened to them once they received the power? The Bible said they began to speak in new tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. The the power of God changed their ability to speak and change their language. This is what you need to understand. Power, the power of God is tied into what you're able to say. And what you're able to say then changes what you can see. Somebody say, I say it, then I can see it. That's how God's mode of operation was. God wanted to create heaven and the earth. So the Bible said, God said, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. How did he do? He said, let there be light. And then after he said, let there be light, actually, he actually said light be, then guess what happened? Light became or light was. Everything that you see in Genesis chapter one, God would say it and then it would happen. God would say it and then it would happen. Why? Because he has the power to speak out of the spirit realm and to create something physical. This is what happened when the Holy Ghost came up on the disciples. He gave them the ability to speak in the power of God to release God's power. So the power of God is released through your words. Oh, you need to hear this. So you need to change the way you're talking because the way you're talking, and if you are a Christian and you've been filled with the spirit and you've got the power of God in you, then when you are speaking words that are negative, you're actually taking the power that's in you and creating forces against your own life. The Bible says no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now he says that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. But if you're speaking against your own self, then you have become a weapon against yourself. And guess what? You will not prosper because you will stop your own prosperity because you're using your power. Power. Remember when I talked to you last time about the devil and you're sitting in the, a person is sitting in the living room and then the enemy comes in to break in the house and the person has a gun there 
and they can take the gun and kill the enemy once they enter in the door, but they could also just sit there and, and not use the gun, and the enemy could take that gun from them and turn it on them and kill them with their own gun. This is what the devil's doing. He's taking the speech that God has given you for you to speak to him and to resist him and to destroy what he is doing by what you say, because what you say releases God's authority and power. And he has caused you and I to use our words against ourselves. And instead of speaking against him and cursing him and what he does, we're cursing our own lives. And when you do that, you cause yourself to walk in the frustration of life. Let's go back to this word and see something here. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Oh, my, 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 of power. And then he says something else. And of love. He has given us the spirit of love. Let's look at love. Love is the word agape. And it means love or affectionate regard. It means goodwill and benevolence. Now, look at this. As I, as I read this to you, with reference to God's love, it is God's willful direction toward man. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not necessarily what man desires. This is the love of God. It is the willful direction that God releases his affection and his goodwill and his benevolence toward man. And he does what he knows is best for man, not what man just wants. It is love. Now, that kind of love, which is the benevolence and a benefit, it is God's willful direction to, to operate his love and his affection toward you and I and to release his goodness toward us through his benevolence. Now, that is how God loves. But then the Bible said God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of love. So we have a spirit of love. Love is a spirit. Love, then, when you're operating in the love of God, you're allowing the love of God to flow through you, and God's love operates as a spirit. Now, what it does is it brings benevolence and favor into your life when you start walking in God's love. The Bible teaches us that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who has been given to us. So now there it is. There it is again. Who comes inside of us to release the love of God? It is the Holy Ghost. You remember when the Bible said Jesus saw the people and they were moving and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible said he was moved with compassion or love. And when the love moved on him, he healed all the sick. This is what love does. Love gives what it, man needs. And, and what happens is you are so affectionate to a person. You love them so much that you want to benefit them. And you know that the way that you benefit them is by giving them what they need, not necessarily what they want. Because all the time, especially if we're operating in the flesh, we may want stuff that we do not need. Have you ever done that? 
Welcome to the club. I wear the t-shirt, got the hat, the shoes, the coat, and everything else. I even drive the car at where you would get, you would want something that you don't need. And the reason why we want things that we don't need is because we're not being led by the spirit. The Holy Ghost will not allow you to desire things that he does not want you to have. But what happens is because we have been given a choice that we have our own volition and we can make our own decisions because God has created us that way, that we can then choose to do what God doesn't want us to choose. This is what happens to many of us. And so now we understand that when you're walking in love, love sees an individual or love sees someone and then love beholds them and then values them because of who they are, not of what they can do for you, but who they are. And that means that every man was created in the image and likeness of God. And since we're all created in God's image, when we see people, we love people, not because they're nice or not because they're good or not because they're bad. We love them because they're created in God's image and they have value. Every human being has value. We do not devalue anyone. When you as an individual start devaluing people based on their ethnicity, based on their, uh, their, their skin color, based on their sex, based on their economic status, based off of their nationality, then you have a, you have become a person who is not walking in the love of God, but who is walking in the hatred of Satan because love looks at every person the same. You are a human being. It doesn't matter what, what, what body you got. Doesn't matter what sex you are. And it doesn't matter what color or nationality you are. You are created in the image and likeness of God. And because you are God's image, you are precious and you are special. And therefore I am going to treat you the way that God wants you to be treated because you are in his image. And this is how we love people. This is how you can love everybody. This is even how you can love your enemies. See, God tells us to love our enemies. Don't you know you can't do that in the natural? The only way that you can do that is in the spirit realm. And you have a power to do it in the spirit realm because even when your enemy comes against you, Your enemy is still created in the image and likeness of God. And so then you can still have uh, affection to them and you can still care for them and you can still give them benefits. Why? Because you're moving not in the flesh where your feelings are hurt, but you're moving in the spirit where you are being motivated by the power of God's love. Now, love, it also says, gives to the person what they need and not what they want. So when your enemy is coming against you, then you are to give them. You love your enemy enough because you know the end result of your enemy is going to be in the lake of fire. And then uh, you don't want that to happen to anybody. So then you will give them what they need, not what they want. Because when your enemy comes against you, they want to fight. They want to cuss. They want to go back and forth. But what you do is you give them what they need and what they need is the truth. They need the word of God. That's for, that's why when someone wrongs you, then you correct them and let them know what they've done and tell them that it is not right for you to do this and that you are going against how God created you. This is how you do. See, no, you don't sit back and just take it and don't, and don't say anything about it because this is what we do as Christians. 
A lot of times when somebody is doing something wrong, especially if they're doing it to us, we won't say anything. We just sit back and get angry and bitter and won't say anything. And when we do that, we mess our own selves up by uh, not dealing with or, uh, or dealing with a situation. I don't know if you've ever been like that, but I used to be like that. And, 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 and what happens is then you don't say anything and you hold it in and you get bitter and you get angry because you really want to say something, but you don't. But love says, I need to share this with you. And I'm going to tell you this, whether you like me or not, whether you get angry or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is how you have to love. Now, you can't do that in your flesh. You only can do it in the spirit realm because your flesh is going to want you to fuss, cuss, lie, cheat, steal, and destroy. And that's how we can operate even as a Christian, because if you get back into following the flesh, that's exactly what you will do. But God did not give us the spirit of fear. Neither did he give us, but he did give us the spirit of power, the ability to do what God does. And he's given us the spirit of love so that we can love the way God loves. All right, let's go back and see what else he says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you see that? He gave us a sound mind, a sound mind. Your mind is sound. What is a sound mind? The, the word sound means disciplined or correct. Disciplined or correct. It means self-discipline, sobriety. It's sound. Now, I want, I want you to see that here. It's disciplined or correct. It's sobriety. God has given you and I a mind that is disciplined. Now, discipline means that it functions the way it's supposed to function and it is not scattered. It is not haphazard. It's not flying all over the place, but it's sound. It's stable. It's secure. It's, it's disciplined. It, 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 it moves in the way that it is supposed to move. And this is the mind that you, your mind is sound. Your mind, I want you to get that. Now, let's look at your mind for a minute. Look at the mind. Look at what it says. Your mind is, is, is in your soul. And your mind is, is, is actually three parts of, uh, of a mind. It is your intellect, your will, and your emotions. I want you to write that down if you got a pencil and paper. Your mind comprises your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Your intellect determines how you process information. Your will is how you make decisions and your emotions is, has, is how you feel after your decisions. Now, let me break that down. Your intellect is how you process information. Information comes through you, to you, through sound, through vision, through feeling like hot and cold or your feelings. Uh, information comes to you now based off of how your mind is processing or thinking it, it colors what you, you get the information that you get. And, and, and so you, how you process information 
That is your intellect. That is, that is your intellect. That's how you think. That's how you, 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 you process information. So let me give you an example. Say you're depressed and you're frustrated and you don't like yourself and you feel bad about yourself. So you have already created an atmosphere and a lens over your mind that anything that you, that comes to your intellect is going to be colored through how your mind or your intellect is feeling. So now when someone comes and says, it's a great day and you're a great person and, and you should be happy. You shouldn't be uh, frowning. You should be happy. Well, when they say that, then that information comes to you, but because the way you're, you, you have, you have made yourself to be, you are depressed and you are frustrated. So you're going to take that information that comes to you and process it through the lens of your frustration and your anger or your bitterness. And therefore, the words that were spoken to you to bring you joy will actually be processed through your anger and it will reject the things that it is supposed to do for you and it will cause you to retaliate in anger and bitterness. Why? Because how your intellect is determines how you process information. Another example is, is if you, you're, you're going to school and, and you've graduated from, say, junior high and you're going to high school now. And so everybody's been telling you, oh, high school is hard. High school is harder than the junior high. And, and, it's, and the classes are harder and, and they're going to give you hard classes and, and uh, they're, they're going to give you math and biology. And, you know, uh, biology, oh, that's a hard class to take. And so you're listening to that. And because you keep listening to that, you form an opinion in your mind that uh, biology is hard. And so you're thinking that it's hard. So you've placed a lens on the biology class in your own intellect that if you have to take biology, it's going to be hard. So then you look at your class when they give you your classes and guess what's on your high school class? Biology 101. So you go into that class and when you sit in that class, you're already thinking this class is too hard. When the instructor comes in, you've already made it difficult on yourself so that when they say, well, the instructor says, well, we're going to be teaching biology and I expect every one of you to do great in this class. And uh, and I hope that you learn a lot and you'll graduate and you'll uh, graduate out of this class. And I hope that everybody passes with A's and B's. And you're already sitting there saying, I ain't going to get no A in this class. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I don't even like biology. I don't even want this class. I wish I could drop it. Why are you thinking like that? Because you've allowed your intellect to be so warped that it is now processing information off of the way you have allowed yourself to think. And when you do that, you cut yourself off from the blessings of the class. And you could be a person because you never taken biology uh, before. You don't know. Maybe you are a person that would have processed biology and been a biology major. But because of the intellect and the way you process that information, you just given up. This is how we do in life. 
People have raised you and maybe your parents told you, you ain't no good. You're going to grow up and you're going to never be nothing. And so that's how your intellect is. And so when people come around you, you're always processing what they say to you based off of, I ain't nothing. I ain't going to never be nothing. Well, why don't you, you, you see in order for your mind to get sound, you can't have that in your mind. And therefore the Lord has given you a spirit of a sound mind to break the way you process information so that you can process the information correctly the way that God wants you to see it and the way he wants you to feel it. See how you view this virus that's going on now, how you view it, how whatever you if you're listening to the news and that's all you're hearing is is more uh, more infections and more death and more infections and and the world is messed up and and everybody's dying. And, and so you get that in your mind and therefore you begin to process everything based off of that spirit of fear. And then when the word of God comes to tell you that God has not given you a spirit of fear and the word of God comes to tell you that God can protect you, then you don't want to hear that. You don't want to believe that because you're processing your information based off of all the fear that you have allowed to build up in your mind. So you're looking at it through the glasses of fear. You're looking at it through the glasses of serving the virus more than serving the word of God. And therefore you won't receive the truth. I hope you understand. This is what the scripture is talking about when it's talking about a sound mind. So it's talking about your intellect, how you process information. That's the first part of your mind, how you process information. The second part is your will, how you make decisions, how you make decisions. Let me share that with you. Your will is how you make decisions. First of all, information comes to you and based off of your intellect and how you process that information is going to determine your will and how you make decisions. So if you process the information and you've processed the information as negative, then you're going to make a negative decision. Your will will make the decision of negative. Remember the biology class you already processed that this class is going to be hard. You don't like it. So then you, your will makes the decision. I'm not going to like this class. I'm not going to study. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to drop it. I, I, you know, I just don't want to be in it and I'm going to be frustrated and I make a decision that I'm not going to be happy when I'm in this class. So every time you come to class, you're not happy. Whenever you open up the book, you've made a decision since the class is hard. I'm not going to be able to understand it. And so you read it. And, and you're already expecting not to understand the lessons and the text. You see, you made a decision based off of your intellect and the decision determines your character. And this is what the devil is doing. So when that happens, then you're messed up in your mind. But God did not give you that kind of mind. He gave you a mind to take information and, and, and look at it from God's perspective that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if you look at it like that, then anything that comes into your life, you know, you're going to be able to handle it. The Bible said, whatsoever a righteous man putteth his hands to do shall prosper. When you start thinking like that and you make your intellect uh, begin to process information like that so that every time information comes to you, you're receiving it through, I can handle it and I will prosper in it no matter what it is. Then you will make the correct decision 
And that decision is based off of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so then guess what happens? Whatever situation you deal with, I'll deal with it because I know that through Christ I'm strengthened. That's your will. That's what happens when you're making those kind of decisions. So your will makes decisions based off of how your intellect has processed the information and given it to you and your will accepts it. And then your body reacts to it. Now your emotions, that's the third part. And this is how you feel about yourself after you make those decisions. Your emotions are how you feel about yourself after you make those decisions. What this is talking about is after you've made the decision and you've decided that this is how you're going to act, then you get a feeling about it. And it that feeling encompasses your whole being. And so if someone was to tell you you hate yourself and you don't look nice, and you're ugly and all of that. And someone comes around and tells you, oh, you look so nice. You look so cute. But because you think you're ugly, then you're going to say, I'm not cute. I'm not, I'm not nice looking. And, and whatever they say, you don't receive it. Then guess what? That's the decision you've made that that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to say about what you're going to say about yourself. And then that's how you're going to feel about yourself because you've made the decision not to accept that you're cute. And when you accept that you're not cute, then guess what happens? You make the decision you're not cute. And then the feelings of ugly and the feelings of, of low self-esteem and, and self-hatred and self-rejection come in. And then you allow your emotions to take over. Now, your emotions then work on your body. They operate in how you think in your soul, but they also operate in your body because your emotions will cause and release stress and anxiety into your body and cause you to begin to physically feel bad because of decisions that you've made, because of the information that you've heard and because of how your mind has been set to process that information. So you can take information and process it the way that you shouldn't process it and end up causing yourself to be physically sick, physically sad, physically messed up based off of you not having a sound or a disciplined mind or a mind that is filled with the power of God. God did not call you or me to operate and act like that. He called us to live by his spirit and by his power. Let you and I walk in the power of God. Let us walk in the, in the, in the authority of God in our minds and in our thoughts. And I'm going to share with you what that means as when we take you to the next verse, but I want you to get you to, I'm trying to get you to see how your mind works. So again, mind, intellect, will, and emotions. First of all, how you receive information determines what you're going to decide and how you're going to make a decision. And then your decision determines how you feel about yourself. And based off of how you process those three things, if they're not sound, then you're going to have a very unsound life. But if they are sound, then you're going to be filled with the presence and the peace of God. This is what God wants you and I to see. And therefore, you'll be able to handle any circumstance or any situation in your life when your mind is straightened out, when your mind is made up. Notice something. When you get your mind straight, 
then the devil cannot bring thoughts to you to attack you and to cause you to fall into the, the into the the very lies and the very deception that he creates around us. God wants you to understand and he wants me to understand that we have the ability to think clearly and to think straight because even in your mind, that is what's going to determine if you receive Jesus or not. And if you're receiving Jesus wrong, and if you've got the wrong concept of Jesus, then when he's presented to you, you'll reject him. And when you reject him, you'll make a decision not to serve him. And then you'll have the feelings of a person that doesn't serve Jesus, which is not having peace because you cannot have the peace of God in your life when you don't have God in your life. And the peace of God is different than your the peace of God is different than mindfulness. The peace of God is different than any other false religion out in the earth because the peace of God goes to the core of you and it causes you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are in the hands of God and that God is working everything out for your good so that evil will not be able to overtake your life, but you have the ability to know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether you see circumstances favorable or not, you know that God has you taken care of and everything's going to work out for your good. That's what the word said. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. See, that don't work for you if you're not saved, but it will work for you when you're born again. So this is what the scripture is saying when he says he's not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power. He's given us a spirit of love, and he's also given us a spirit of a sound mind because it is the Holy Ghost that comes inside of us, and then he begins to renew our minds. He begins to change the way we think by teaching us the truth of God. I pray that you're getting something out of this. Now, go with me as we go to the next verse, and that is Proverbs 23, because this is where God is going to show you and I how we live and how we operate. This is going to share with you the power of God's will in your life. In Proverbs 23, 6, the word says, now look at what the word says here because this is very, very interesting. And I want you to see this because this is so powerful and it is so true. It says, eat not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Now he's talking here about in verse six, he's talking about him because you've all heard this verse in verse seven, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he eat, drink, saith he, but his heart is not with thee. Now we've, we've, we've read those verses before, but I want to show you what he's talking about here. He's talking about the person that has the evil eye. It says, eat not the bread of him that has an evil eye. Or the one and an evil eye is when a person looks at you and they look at you to make you think that they're with you. But behind your back, they're cutting their eye at you. They don't like you. They don't want to be around you. And the Bible said, don't eat his bread that has an evil eye and don't desire his dainty meats. Why don't you desire his dainty meats? Because as he thinketh in his heart. So is he eat and drink, saith he, but his heart is not with thee. 
So this thinking in the heart is talking about that evil eye, that person that has the evil eye. This is what God is talking about here. And, and notice what he says is, he says that that person that has the evil eye really does not want you. Are you getting this? He really doesn't want you to have what you are desiring of him. He's saying eat and drink, but he really doesn't want you. See, that's people can be evil sometimes. And people, uh, when they're operating in your life, in relationships, a lot of times you will have relationships based with people based off of what they want to get out of you. That's called phileo love, phileo love. That's when you love, but your love is based off of what benefits you can derive from that person or from that individual. That's called phileo love. Now, this is what happens. People usually deal with each other this way. You know, as long as I can get a benefit out of you, then I'm, I'm good with you and you're good with me. But as soon as I stop getting benefits from you, then I don't want to be bothered with you because you're not doing me any good. You're not being any benefit to me. And people operate like that all the time. Now, the Bible talks about this person that has an evil eye. He's looking at you because they really don't want to be bothered with you, but they know they got to treat you right because they want to get something out of you. So he'll let you eat his dainty meats and all of that. But the Bible said, as he thinketh in his heart and as he thinketh. So that word thinketh there, it means, now watch this. It means to divide. It means to calculate or estimate or set a price on. It means to, to, to watch this now. This is very interesting. It means to calculate, set a price on. And it's like when a miser counts the cost of everything that their guests eat or drink. They don't find enjoyment in their guests, but only worry about the cost of it all. See, this is what it's, it's thinking, it's calculating, it's estimating, it's setting a price on. So the Bible talks about uh, thinking, thinking in the heart. When you think in your heart, Thinking is what you do. It is when you use your mind to begin to calculate things and to begin to meditate on things and to try to figure out what is the best course of action for you. Now, based off of how your mind is receiving and has processed information is going to determine how you calculate and think. And then your calculations will then cause you to make a decision because the Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he as you think as you process information as you think in your heart as you make calculations about things that's who you are in other words God is saying you are the product of your thoughts because whatever you meditate on and whatever you think on that's the decision you're going to be making remember when he just taught you when you think on something, then you make a decision and then you feel about it the way you feel. And that's how you are. You are what you think, whatever you're meditating on, however you're viewing things, this determines your character. This determines your isness. This determines how you're going to deal with life based off of how you think. As you think in your heart, so are you. God is saying to you and I today, stop allowing your thoughts to process evil and allow the word of God to manifest itself in your life in such a way that you walk in the power of God. God has not given you 
the spirit of fear, but he's giving you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. This series on fear, this this series that I've shared with you on the fear factor, Satan is trying to process fear in your life. He's trying to cause you to fear everything, not just viruses, but fear everything, fear cats, fear dogs, fear heights, fear people, fear fear taking chances, fear fear doing anything, fear going inside us, fear going outside, fear of accepting yourself, fear of getting in a relationship with people. He's trying to control you and manipulate you with fear. And God is saying, I didn't give you that spirit, but I gave you a spirit of power to overcome fear. I gave you a spirit of love to even treat the ones right that's treating you wrong. And then I gave you a sound mind so that you could think the way that you're supposed to think and be stable and be secure. I'm here to tell you today, as I close this this series of messages, God has established you with a sound mind. You got a mind that's solid as a rock. Don't let people play with your mind. Get them folks out of your mind. You've got the right to think how you want to think. You can listen to God and think what God wants you to think. You can see how God wants you to see. Stop listening to what other people are saying that's trying to control you. Stop listening to the negative things that people are saying to you in your life and the things that they have said or the negative situations that have happened in your life. And understand this one thing. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if you accept that, and if you walk in that, then the power of God will be manifest in your life and you will be pleasing to your heavenly father and then cause yourself to walk in the victory of God. Well, I praise God and I thank God that you have heard this message and you've heard these series of messages on the fear factor. God has given you authority over fear. Walk in that power, walk in that authority and walk in his grace so that you can be who God has called you to be. And through this time that we're dealing with right now, don't give in to the spirit of fear. Don't give in to, 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 to the comments of people and the negative things that they're saying. These things may be true, but you must remember you have an anchor who has set to, to satisfy you and to take care of you and to bless you and to protect you. And his name is Jesus. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. He gave his life for you. And then he broke the power of the fear of death so that Satan couldn't exercise that over you anymore. Give your life to Jesus. Trust him. According to Romans chapter 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe it in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with your mouth confession is made unto your salvation. And when you give your life to Jesus, then Jesus will give his life to you, and then you can walk free from the spirit of fear. And remember what Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, absolutely nothing shall by any means hurt you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Continue to walk in the power of God in Jesus name. Praise God.